Welcome back to the First Intuition Podcast. On this episode, myself and Dave talk about ideas for future shows and how you can get involved and join in with the live student forums. If you'd like to register for these, there'll be a link in the show notes. Good evening, everybody. We are joined by live students this evening on our first forum back from summer break. But we're also recording for podcast listeners. So thank you for downloading and listening to us on the podcast. My name is Ben Bullman and I'm joined back this evening by my good friend, colleague and fellow tutor director, David Malthouse. Good evening, Dave. Evening, Ben. And it's been a while. It's been six weeks, hasn't it? And, and a lot, I think a lot's happened over those six weeks. Um, how are you now? How are you at the moment? Have you recovered from your holiday? I, I have recovered from my holiday. I think I have answered everybody's emails back. If you're listening to this thinking, well, Ben hasn't got back to me yet, please don't be embarrassed to send me a nudge email. I think we all appreciate those, actually, when we come back from a, a period of holiday. But I've had a fantastic summer. I know you have too, Dave. And tonight we're going to touch on what we've been up to in summer, what's happened over the summer in the world of first intuition, in the world of professional bodies, exams. And we're going to look forward with regards to what we've got lined up for future sessions for the rest of this term going into autumn and winter before we know it, I am sure, in the lead up to December. So, Dave, how was your summer? What have you and family Malthouse been up to? Really good. We, we were in a fortunate position this year to, to have two summer holidays, um, although one of them was last year's summer holiday that had to be rescheduled to this year's summer holiday because last year France wouldn't let us into the country um, because we, we because of our, our COVID rates, I think. Um, but this year we were welcomed into France. But beginning of the summer, I, um, we spent 10 days in Madeira with some of the families. So I don't know if you've ever been to Madeira, Ben? Never been to Madeira. It's Portuguese, isn't it? I've been to Portugal. It's Portuguese. It's kind of in a similar sort of part of the world as the Canary Islands. Um, it's kind of, um, I always think of it, I always imagine that it is like Hawaii because it's kind of lush, tropical, um, loads of plants and, and kind of like flowers and stuff all over the place, but it is a volcan volcanic island. Um, it has a reputation for being somewhere where where the grey pound is well spent, shall we say? But if you if you get away from the uh, the, the the main cities and towns where there, there is a lot of shall we say grey pound activity, um, there's such amazing things you can do. Uh, if you like mountain biking, there's amazing mountain biking there. Um, off the coast, there's really good surfing. If you like surfing, um, I, I I can't surf, but I did go um, I did go jet skiing a couple of times which was really good fun. Um, we went canyoning and uh, as anyone knows canyoning, it's um, going into the canyon of a river and then trekking down the river, um, rappelling or abseiling down waterfalls, sometimes jumping into waterfall pools. Really, really good fun. Um, and we, we also did something called co-steering, which I don't know if you've ever done, Ben. No. If you, you, you get dressed up in a wetsuit, put a helmet on and then just jump off cliffs into the sea. So um, I think the highest we went off was about 20 metres. Um, so, yeah, lots, lots, of, lots of good fun. Sounds incredibly dangerous. And, and my safeguarding head was kicking in there saying, please, listeners, don't just go randomly jumping off cliffs into open water. I'm sure it was fully supervised, Dave, and very, very it safe. Was. It was. We, we had uh, tour guides took us there. Um, and when, whenever I go on something like that, where, it, where you, you're going with guides... I always think these guys have got to get up every single day and their living is taking people out and making them jump off cliffs. And if one person gets injured, then that's their career done because people are going to sue and they won't get insurance and stuff like that. So I, I always figure it must be safe. But when you're standing at the top of that cliff, um, it, it, looking down, it is you know, a little bit scary. But I, I always think that you should try and you know, do things that scare you sometimes. And, and you know, that's what we encourage our, 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 you know, our students to do is, you know, to, to put themselves outside of the comfort zone by doing mock exams when maybe they don't feel ready. Um, so I, I just do it in a slightly more extreme way now. I don't have professional exams to do. But I, I will say that at the top of a cliff, contemplating whether I should jump 20 metres, I didn't once think about work. So I completely unplugged for that moment, which was really, really nice. 
I was ever hopeful you were going to bring it back to risk assessment and a previous podcast episode you did on risk, actually. I've got visions of you trying to use the the Tara framework to think whether you should accept the risk and dive off, whether you should avoid and run in the other direction, transfer the risk and send one of the kids over the cliff first or or reduce the risk by just confirming with the guide that there was nothing else you needed to remember to do. <laughs> I don't know if I had in my sheer state of terror I didn't know if I had the wherewithal to actually contemplate a risk assessment framework it was yeah very much um yeah putting yourself in that position where uh, and then the nice thing that the guy did and this is something actually that I heard someone else talk about is the guide um like counted to three and basically said one two three and they said when you when I hit three you're going to jump uh, and every time it was like one two three and he was going to jump. And there's a really, really nice um, YouTube video, which is written by someone to that, that talks about avoiding procrastination. And her view is that you think you should do something, instead of procrastinating and worrying and finding something else, just mentally in your head, I think she counts down from five and says five, four, three, two, one. And on the one, you just get up and do it and you take positive action towards it. And it's a really nice way of kind of like kickstarting your mind into doing the thing to do so we always should be studying but we all know that we're going to be ending up flicking through a youtube rabbit warren and various different videos but right i know i've got to do it five four now i'm on it do it it was quite nice to see that it's a similar techniques work in all kinds of different areas fantastic well i was also lucky enough to experience some overseas travel over my summer break i've been to portugal had a really nice beachside holiday there and experienced paddleboarding for the first time with the family. And we all absolutely fell in love with paddleboarding. It's actually very, very popular now, isn't it? And when we were back, our social media was absolutely spammed with people trying to sell us paddleboards. <laughs> so I don't know if any listeners have, have also fallen for this over the summer, but the Bournemouth household have now purchased two inflatable paddleboards and they came with us on our second trip where we took our camper van over to France. So a couple of firsts for me, first time I've ever drove or driven on the continent and got on really, really well. And also took the paddle boards, inflated them. I was the one in our family that struggled the most. And so I had to persevere more than the girls and Ellie took to it, were standing up right from the start. My centre of gravity, probably a bit taller and a bit higher. I struggled the most to get my balance, but I tried and I tried and I tried. And by the end of the summer, I'm by no means a proficient paddleboarder, but I'm a lot better than I was before and eager to continue. So, so did you paddleboard on the sea, in the sea in Portugal? Yes. Yeah, but I, I did that in Madeira as well. And it's, um, it took me a while. And when, when I, someone, someone that was good at it told me, instead of like looking down and looking at where you are, just look at the horizon and just your body to get itself in the right position. And the moment you do that, it becomes a lot, lot easier. In France, did you do it on inland, on a lake or anything? No, we, we did it in the sea, but we were really lucky. We found a beach that uh, at low tide, the tide went out, but it left uh, a really nice lagoon of relatively shallow water up to about my waist that was still there. And that was not wavy at all. So it was completely still. And, and every day at about 11 o'clock, dependent on the tides, but the two days we were there, a group of French school kids came, obviously on their summer holidays, and did sailing lessons in this little lagoon. And there was mm. us on our paddle boards as well, trying not to crash into the very proficient French sailors. Awesome. Because our, our second break was to France as well. So I, I had the joys of driving on the continent, which actually I, I really enjoyed. I, I, I found it, you know, I, I found it really, really nice. I love the French um, auto routes. I think they're brilliant to drive on. Um, and it, it was quite nice seeing the kids kind of trying to use some of the French that they've learned at school. Um, and it, it was, again, you know, that, that whole overcoming your fear where, you know, taking them into a patisserie and saying, right, guys, you know, you've got to order your own lunch today um, and then having to order the things that they want. And then initially being super, super scared, you know, and, and we, we see this with students all the time, don't we? We've been really nervous and worried about attempting something that they don't, but then super happy, beaming 
and they come out of the shop and they've got a load of cake that they're going to be sitting down and eating and exactly the same way we tend to see with students that have attempted something and then at the end go it wasn't as bad as I thought it's actually okay so um yeah quite a nice nice couple of parallels there but did you did you manage to speak a good amount of French? It very quickly comes back, doesn't it? So I did French at school, as, as a lot of people do, and then have done very little with it. And actually being thrown in at the deep end, reading traffic signs, yep. but also then, then speaking to people in restaurants, in shops, it gradually comes back. And something now I'm really keen to not let the momentum slip. We've been back now mm -hmm. for just over a week and I haven't spoken a word of French. The girls are back at school and both are doing French at the moment, but I want to keep it up. So some any tips anybody's got for kind of promoting to continue to use a foreign language, even when you're not on holiday, would be welcome. Uh, sounds like you've got some kind of resolution for the new term, Ben, to keep up your French knowledge and maybe even improve it. Um, but when you, Well, are you going to go again next year, do you think or not? Um, I would love to. I was I was really, really. I'm impressed with France. It's a sort of place that you kind of, or I personally have always dismissed for holidays. I went there on school trips as a kid and maybe I didn't get a good experience, but we had a fantastic time and definitely driving on the continent unlocks so many other opportunities. I would love to. We drove through Le Mans and I've got visions of, of going back there. I'm sure it's a sort of road trip that you'd be up for, Dave, to maybe go for the 24-hour car race and, and see if we could go and see that and experience that at some point. We actually drove past Le Mans as well, so we, we may, may have travelled some of the same, same auto routes. But, yeah, we're, we're keen to go again next year. Um, we found a lovely place in Dordogne. We're happy, hopefully, going back there next year. So I, I'll need to brush up on my French or keep it brushed up, shall we say, over over the next um, over the next year. But anyway, bringing it back to to kind of like to, to the world of accountancy. Then um, we've been away for six weeks, and you know it feels like yesterday that we were here together. But when you look at the things that have happened, there's been quite a lot of things that have happened over the past six weeks. So, what is there that that's gone on in in the world of accountancy that that you've heard of? Well, I suppose that the biggest thing, and this is for me personally and more importantly our wider team from first intuition cambridge some of you might be aware but we had our ofsted inspection right at the, the start of the summer so that was back in july and there is a timeline between having the inspection it being reviewed written up and then released and so in the middle of august we were able to announce to the world our ofsted result and we were graded as an outstanding provider so we are in the lucky position to join you and your colleagues in Chelmsford Dave who had your offset inspection back last year and also our colleagues in London and Reading who are also released grading of outstanding With that in mind, I'd like to say a, a big thank you to everyone involved. It really was a team effort. If you're listening to this as a, a member of the team in Cambridge, you'll know how hard everyone pulled together that week. But the students, the employers, and we got a mention a number of times by the Austin inspectors for the forum and the podcast resources that we release. And that really made me proud. I know it's something, Dave, that you experienced during your Ofsted inspection. This is something that they really thought was a, a great platform for students to come, to bring issues, for us to explore various topics and really broaden people's education away from purely just the, the technical learning that we do in the classroom for the, the technical accounting courses. Yeah, that's, that's something that I was really proud of when we had our, our, our inspection um, kind of at the end, end of last year. And... and the fact that we we did stuff like the forum and you know like some of the revision classes that we run uh, and we we don't do them necessarily because you know it there's a business reason behind it um we tend to do it because it's something that we want to do and and we get value out of doing it because we we think it's worthwhile and you know a part of me is always that there isn't another person out there that's going to do it and I think it's really worthwhile so we should do it and it's nice that it, it was reflected in that report as something that that they felt 
brought value to the students that they spoke to. So if, if you are listening um, and you are one of our, those apprentices that, that was interviewed by, by Ofsted, it was you know, really lovely to hear the nice things that people said. So, so thank you very, very much. And you guys should be super, super proud as we are of, of our um, Ofsted report. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it, to me, it felt really like a kind of a validation of everything that we built because, you know, I know that you've been at First Intuition since very, very early days. Um, I set up the office in Chelmsford and you know, quite often you get very tied up in the day-to-day -day grind of what you're doing without kind of taking a step back to look at what it is that's actually been built. And, you know, I, I love the relationship that we have with our employers. I love the relationship that we have with our students. I don't think that I would get that anywhere else. I certainly haven't had it anywhere else that I've worked. So it, it's really lovely that people came in that we didn't know and actually recognised that kind of learning environment that had been built. So really, really lovely. Really great to read yours, Ben. And um, in a, now, now the challenge for, for all of us is to make sure that we maintain those standards and, and keep those standards for the next four or five years until we get our next visit, because, you know, we're really proud of it and we want to keep at that level. The, the next big thing that's been happening over the summer, again, for any students that, that attend the college in Cambridge, we have at long last had the builders in to do our refit. So the Cambridge office had largely gone unchanged in the coming up 10 years that I've been working for FI. And we had plans for a, a grand refit, but then we got COVID just as we we're about to start with those plans. And so from that perspective, it was put on hold. But I am really, really pleased to announce if you're a Cambridge student listening to this and you are about to go back into Cambridge Centre for your classes, there is now something that is equivalent to the fantastic facilities, Dave, that I know you and your team have got in Chelmsford and also our, our Norwich Centre and other FI centres. I'm delighted that students will now have their own kitchen. There's actually two student kitchens now in the Cambridge Centre. There's the ability to make your own drinks, to store your own food in the, the fridge. So I'm super excited and going into class tomorrow to teach my first class with all of these new facilities up and running for students. So that's a, a really big thing personally for me because it's something I've been pushing for for a long time and something I know the students who attend Cambridge will appreciate. I was getting quite embarrassed when I was going round to other FI centres and seeing the wonderful facilities that students have got there, thinking, oh, our poor Cambridge students haven't got anything as nice as this. Well, they will have from now on, which I'm super excited about. Excellent. I can't wait to visit, Ben. So I'm going to have to uh, make arrangements to come up and visit and maybe grab some lunch with you and actually, well, probably see you for the first time in about three months or so, however long it's been since we were at that Red Hot Chili Peppers gig. I'll be able to make you a cup of coffee from our, our, our <laughs> new um, recently fitted kitchen. But you've been equally busy with your team in Chelmsford and wider Essex. Dave, we mentioned Southend, I think, in one of the podcast episodes before we went away for summer. How are things going with your, your new venture in Southend? Really well. It's um, It takes me back because we, as, as you know, Ben, I, I, uh, Kelly and I, uh, um, my, my, my wife and co-director, um, set up First Intuition Chelmsford about 11 years ago. And we, we went into Essex and we, we set up our centre in Chelmsford and we didn't know anyone at all. And on day one, we had zero students. And, you know, when we, we started delivering courses, we only had one or two people in the first few courses that we ran. And over 11 years, it's built to be the size that it is now. And going into South End feels very reminiscent of those early days that, that, um, that, that Kelly and I set up to start with. So um, we, we had, we've had lots of issues. So we had a, um, a premises that we were going to be delivering all of our classes out of. So we'd signed a leasehold agreement to take on a room there that we were going to be teaching out of. And then our, our landlord went into administration um, about two days before we were due to have our first open day and welcome students on site and, uh, and show them around our teaching facility. So um, that, that meant we rapidly had to find somewhere else, which we have found. Um, I've been running open days. We've got students signed up to courses. It's, it's been really, really good, but it's kind of going back to those roots of, you know, the, the classes are going to be nice and small. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's um, you know, dealing with lots and lots of really small employers, which is absolutely lovely. Um, and I'm really looking forward to starting teaching now. So I, I'm teaching the level four class there. 
Um, I think we're going to have a, a nice class of about 12 students, so I'm looking forward to, um, to teaching those guys. Um, and that will be under the new AAT syllabus. Um, so, yeah, it's really exciting. And it's something that I think at some point on one of these podcasts, and then we'll talk about kind of future podcast episodes. Um, and that, one of the things that I, I'd like to kind of talk about is that idea of, of you know, how we have managed to kind of build the centres that we have from you know, very small beginnings, because there's a, there's a lot in there in terms of, you know, the, the, the resilience to continue to do something when you know it's the right thing, even though you're not getting immediate results. And, you know, I see, you know, a lot of the traits that I needed to be able to successfully grow a business to be the same traits you need to be successful in professional exams, because the first time you attempt any kind of professional exam, it's tough, it's hard. You know, you, you don't always get the result you want the first time you take a test. But over time, having that kind of resilience enables you to get there to the final exam to actually be successful in that exam. So I think there's a lot to, lot to talk about there that's really, really applicable in lots of walks of life. So exciting. Um, and it's lovely to be by the sea. Absolutely lovely to be by the sea. Lovely to, to grab a Rossi's ice cream and, and go for a little walk at lunchtimes. So really looking forward to it. I know how hard you and the team are working to get Southend up and running. I wish you all the best with it. And once we've had our catch up in Cambridge, the one after that, I'm going to come down to Southend because I'd love you to buy me an ice cream by the, the seaside and we'll go for it. I might be fish and chips in the autumn if it's if, if the weather turns. That would be that would be phenomenal. Um, aside from FI, so we've updated on what Mike, Self and Dave have been doing over the summer, what's been happening in the wider FI community thinking now about the professional bodies I suppose the biggest piece of news we've had and this literally happened as we're recording this last week the AAT now have officially launched their Quals 2022 new syllabus so for anybody that's previously studied or is actively studying the AAT um, in recent years we have been teaching and students have been sitting exams with the 2016 syllabus that will still continue so we've been doing lots of promotion. And if you're listening to this thinking, I still don't really understand about the old versus the new syllabus. There's lots of advice on our website. Your tutors and usual points of contact will be able to provide you with help, support and advice. But the AAT are continuing to offer the exams for 2016 for the rest of this year and the first part of next year. So please don't panic. You've still got time to finish off to sit the units that you need under 2016 but you've got the choice to transition over if you want to adopt the new syllabus immediately. And for any new students, and particularly at this time of the year, people starting new levels and new qualifications, there will be a group of new students that are coming in completely fresh and will only be experiencing the calls 2022. So the online team have started delivering the courses. Our phenomenal publishing team have got all of the material ready, all of the study, folders, all of the mock exams, all of the question banks are there ready to go. Um, I don't think in, in my East Anglian centres we've delivered a Quals 2022 course yet, but I might even be wrong with that. But they are due to start fairly soon. And I know looking at my teaching schedule, I've got a few new names of AAT units that I didn't recognise from old units. So I'm going to be doing a bit of AMAC, actually, Dave, which is the new level four management accounting unit. I'm picking that up yeah, later I'm on. I'm teaching that in about three weeks time. Brilliant. We will be able to compare notes. So nothing to worry about AAT students. This is really good news for everybody. But something that just be prepared to think about transition and go and get some help and advice and support there if you are partway through something under Quals or sorry, AQ 2016, the old syllabus and thinking of going to Quals 2022. But for any new students, and I'm gonna talk about you guys specifically in a moment, you are starting AAT at a fantastic time with a, a new syllabus ahead of us and really up-to-date relevant subject matter to get our teeth into and for you to show your competency in assessment. So that was what I was going to say about Quals 22, unless there was anything you wanted to chip in, Dave, on the, the, the AAT. Well, the, the only thing that's, that is worth noting is for the, um, for the people that are already studying for those exams under the new qualification, um, the exams are going to be, or, or the exams are, are going to be available very shortly. Um, and if you are amongst the very first students to take those exams, I know the AAT are doing extra quality assurance work, which does mean that the first few students that are going to take the exams 
are going to get their results back slightly later than they normally would. So if you're used to going in and doing an exam and getting a result within eight hours, it is going to be, I think, a couple of weeks for those initial exams to come back. And that's because they're going to be marked by the computer software, but they're also going to be marked by hand as well just to make sure that the computer software is giving the same mark that the humans are, just to verify that the system's working absolutely perfectly. So anyone taking exams early, so this will be level two, level three, just don't, don't worry if you don't get a result immediately as you have done set level two if you're doing level three. That should um, wind itself out as we get kind of later into the autumn towards the end of the year though. And at that point, you'll go back to giving the results when you'd expect them to. It's something I suppose we can't have our cake and eat it. We very much went to the AAT and said, great, you're launching the new syllabus, but please make sure the quality is there in the assessment, particularly in those early assessments. So now we can't really moan that they have listened to us and are actually taking the quality of assessment really seriously yeah. for those first students sitting the early first runnings of those exams. And, and I think it, it's welcome. We don't want to get in a position that for whatever reason, something wrong in the computer software means a load of students have yeah. sat an exam and results start being changed and overturned. So yeah. I think it's a good thing. But as you say, Dave, just a bit of awareness that the first uh, and I forget how many there are, but this is across the whole country. So yeah. it might affect our students. It might not. It depends how quickly you go and sit your assessments for cause 2022. But rest assured the AAT are taking the quality of the exam and the feedback you get from them very very seriously yeah and, and we have you know it, it, I think if we just remind people of what happened when the government changed the method of A-level assessment in the middle of Covid and what happened when they got it wrong and then they had to they gave people incorrect results which then had to be moderated and changed and you had that whole stress of people thinking they hadn't got the grades that they wanted then it was appealed and then they did get the grades they wanted much much better to take a little bit more time and just make sure that the results are right brilliant exams have continued throughout the summer and actually courses at first intuition continue myself and dave have been away on holiday and a number of our team have but we have still run a program of courses throughout the summer because sema had a big case study sitting in august and i know a number of students if you're listening to this waiting for your result good luck when they come out they're out um, um fairly soon actually we've also had acca and icaw exam sittings that are running this week as we're recording it, the first full week of September. So the team have been busy preparing students for those with tuition, revision, mocks and marking. So if you've sat an exam this week, I hope you found it as pleasant experience as an exam ever can be. And results for those are due out in, in a, a couple of weeks or six weeks time. Yeah, and, um, and if, so you, if you didn't find it, you know, the, 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 in the environment, if you didn't find it as pleasurable as you should have done and you feel that there was something that happened that that caused you not to perform at your best, then you do need to register it with your, with your relevant institute, either the ACCA or ICW. I have heard of, of issues in some exams that um, have been caused by broadband outages. So if you were sitting there on your computer and it wasn't doing anything and it was just wearing around and you couldn't see your exam, raise it with the relevant institute they will check it and verify it by looking at the the records of what was done on your computer and what how it was operating but it's always worth raising any kind of issue that you have in an exam you've got to do it as soon as possible if you wait to get your results and then say oh i didn't get the result i wanted i missed by two marks but that's because for 15 minutes my computer wouldn't do anything do that after the result, they're not really going to look at it. Do it before the result and they've got to they've got to at least acknowledge what happened. They've got to investigate. And if there is cause to um, to adjust your mark because of the way that the exam took place, they will do that. So anyone that suffered from any issues should definitely, definitely raise it with their institutes. Um, in the case of things like AAT, you'd raise it with the exam centre. Very important advice. So... What I thought we'd do this evening um, is talk to two groups of people, actually, who are joining us live or listening, our regular existing student base. And I can recognise a number of names on my screen who have joined us this evening that were attending these live sessions um, before we had our summer break. If you're downloading the podcast as a, a regular listener, you are really welcome back. And we, we really appreciate the community that, that we build within this student forum. 
But I'm also aware this is particularly a time of year when we get lots of new students joining our first intuition student body and student community, probably taking on new job roles. You might be fresh out of university or college. You might have even had a career change. And this is your first experience of study in uh, an independent professional training provider environment. Now, those guys will be onboarding over the coming weeks. It's a time of the year I particularly love. I've actually been out today and met a room full of new students at one of the practice firm employers we deal with. I did a similar session last week. I've had lots of Teams calls and email interaction with new students. I'm sure you're exactly the same this time of year, Dave. Yeah. Lots of new names and lots of new faces. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's one of those. Uh, I mean, I'm still looking forward to my favourite time, which is um, day one of courses when you get loads and loads of new faces coming through the door, ready to learn their, their you know, ready to learn their first bit of, bit of accountancy. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I've been out to lots of employers. I, I, I've been speaking to people on teams. I've been on the phone to lots of people just to kind of reassure them and, and talk to them about the programme that they're about to start. And, and it's really nice seeing people thinking that, um, you know, you, you're starting your, your first set of professional exams in two weeks time. And, this could be seven years that, that you're going from kind of 16 years of age. And, you know, in seven years time, you can be 23, you can have a level seven qualification, all that experience ahead of you. Uh, and, you know, you just think what amazing opportunities there are out there for, for kind of young people leaving school, you know, studying to be an accountant. And it sounds cliched and something people would have said to me when I was in that position many, many years ago. And you kind of think, yeah, but everybody says that the time will absolutely fly by. Dave, I don't know about you, but I can still remember meeting people on their first induction day that are now fully qualified. And it seems like, oh, that was only last year, surely, that I was yeah. in meeting them for the first time. And it's been three, four, five for some people, as you say, um, six, six years. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's when, I, when I bump into people that I taught and I still remember having them in class and then I realise they're finance directors or partners of firms and things like that. It's incredible to see those journeys, which is part of the reason we love this job, isn't it, Ben? Oh, 100%. It, it is probably the best thing about the job. And I was put on the spot today. I walked into a room with loads of new students and they'd asked some of the previous students to come back and just give their insight. And it was then the name game. And I'm pretty sure I got everybody's name spot on today. So I was really pleased with myself as I was leaving that particular employer. Um, so for those that are returning listeners, but more importantly, for those that are new listeners, I thought it would be useful for me and Dave just to talk about how these forums and the podcast sessions work and then share with you a couple of the topics that we've got lined up for the rest of this year. So something I know lots of people have mentioned to us from previous sessions that maybe like a bit more forewarning of the topics that we're going to be talking about. So myself and Dave have sat with our marketing team and we've, we've gone through some ideas for topics. The marketing guys are going to be emailing out the week before now with next week's topic. So people come and go to the live sessions. You don't have to attend all of them. But if there's one that particularly interests you and you want to attend live, you are welcome. We have people that come every week. We have people that dip in and dip out. But up until now, we've always emailed on the day of the session, the Wednesday lunchtime, saying this is what we're going to be talking about this evening. The guys in marketing are now going to be emailing out the week before to say this is what we're covering next week. And there will be a reminder email on the day saying, don't forget tonight, Ben and Dave are going to be on. And this is the topic that we're talking about. We also record them. And so the podcasts will continue. The recording, the audio is captured and our wonderful marketing team then jazz it up and turn it into the podcast release. So if you've not gone back and listened to previous episodes and you want a bit of a flavor of how the podcast sessions roll, go and look back at the back catalogue. We've got lots of previous episodes, things that are study related, things that are career related, things that are well-being related. But I, I'm super excited about getting back into uh, a routine and having the Wednesday live student forum where people can come. They can ask us questions. They can interact if we've got guests and ask them questions, but also then getting that regular weekly release of the podcast. Dave, it's a formula that, that we've worked hard on and hopefully something that will continue for the foreseeable. Absolutely. It's, I'm looking forward to, to kind of 
getting into that that regular routine of being here on a on a Wednesday. Something that I always kind of quite like is is as the um as the nights get darker. I always find it's quite nice to kind of get back from work and then switch on my computer. And I, I kind of like, you know, have that, that kind of like coming together of people. And, um, you know, I know some of the the interviews we've had over the past couple of years, I've really, really enjoyed and, and I've got a lot out of. Um, and, you know, some of the themes we talk about make me think more about, um, you know, why we do things and and the way that you know, our, our industry really operates. So I'm looking forward to getting into some of those in more detail. I was really pleased that over the summer, a few of our, our regular joiners had emailed to suggest topic areas and things that they wanted to um, talk about on future sessions. But I'd remind everybody, the forum is for you guys. It's for our student community. And so if there is a topic, if there is a subject, if there was a particular guest you wanted myself and Dave to try and get or talk about on the forum, we are really welcome for ideas. So I've, I've popped my email address in the chat box. For podcast listeners, I'll make sure the guys put myself and Dave's email contact details in the show notes for tonight's episode. Please email us if there is something you would like us to cover on a future episode. But I thought we'd finish this evening by just talking about some of the ideas we've got for episodes that we will be running this side of the new year as we run up to December exam sitting particularly. So I personally like to think about the subject matter in three areas. We cover all of them, but we cover study support first. So things to do with study, tips, advice, professional exam technique. Some topics I would like to explore this term. I am a safeguarding lead at First Intuition. Um, get lots of information around exams and exam anxiety. I'd like to cover some study tips and guidance around what to do during an exam something that one of my tutors at Cambridge has come and said Ben I'd really love to run a podcast episode on the importance of mocks and he's going away and getting some data on the insight we can share with students that do mocks and how they perform in the mocks compared to how they perform in the real exam we're going to look at the timeline how far away from the exam should you do the mock what should you do with the feedback and we're going to do a session on that which I'm really excited about I'd love to try and get a marker back on. We did a session right back in the early days of the, the podcast student forum. So if you're going back over the back catalogue, go and have a look. But I think we can all, me and Dave as tutors, but also you guys as students, get a lot of insight from a marker perspective on what they are looking for, what they're asked to look for in scripts, what they can award marks for, what they can't, their frustrations, because overwhelmingly, we've found that markers want students to succeed. Dave, from a, a kind of classroom environment, from a study support environment, what do you think about those as some subjects to, to take us through this term? Yeah, I really, I really like that. One of the things that um, I, re I remember kind of that, that we did uh, um, was we interviewed um, an examiner and that was really, really good to hear. And I, I'd quite like to hear from, from another examiner. Just uh, And the, the overwhelming thing I got from the examiner when I spoke to them is that the examiner genuinely seemed to want students to pass. Um, the examiner said, you know, I'm not writing exams to try and trip people up or to cause people problems or to fool them or to make them silly. I, I'm genuinely trying to test their knowledge, but ultimately I want people to pass this exam. You know, it doesn't give me any joy for people to be unsuccessful in the exams. And, and I thought it was really nice to hear that because what the examiners do is then driven out to those markers. And we, we hear, heard exactly the same thing from the markers, but the markers said, we want to pass people. We, you know, we, we want to give you credit for the work that you do. You know, we don't want to punish you because your layout's not great. But if we can't find where the marks are, then we can't allocate the marks to you. So, yeah, I, I think things on markings really, really useful. Um, if anyone's got anything that they want to hear about, so we've run loads of things on things like memory skills before and how you remember. We've done lots of things on planning and revision and structuring your studies. Any of those things that you want us to revisit, we are more than happy to revisit those things. It's you know, things that we love talking about. So please drop us a note if you want us to talk about anything like that. And would also welcome any of you guys coming on as a guest, as a, an active student, as a student that's experienced something that would like to share that experience with our community. 
I would love to have an episode before Christmas where we get a panel of students together, maybe to share their own experiences, what's working for them, what hasn't worked for them, how they are tackling their studies. Because I believe myself and Dave can share our insights as tutors. We can get external people in to share their own views, but actually you guys could do more to share your own experiences with each other. And if this is the forum for it, I would love to promote some, some student panel sessions um, this term. Oh, I mean, what would be really good then is someone is really brave and, and they're really, uh, and they're, they're kind of thinking about, you know, how do they improve their marks or something like that. I, I would love to do an episode where we give a little bit of coaching just to kind of hear the conversations that you or I would have when we do speak to students that have maybe you know, lost a bit of motivation or are struggling to understand something or you know, really can't work out how to track an exam. I think that would be really, for me, that would be really useful. It would have been useful to have heard it when I was a student just to kind of hear that one, other people struggle with the same things that I do, but also you know, how you or I approach that kind of coaching. Second area we cover on the forum and the podcast is career and progression development so away from just looking forward to the next exam looking at the the bigger picture the longer term and we've run previous episodes on on lots of different career avenues and aspects of working in accounting and finance but some ideas that I would like to bring to fruition this time I'd love to get some former students back we've done that a few times Dave but I think alumni of first intuition are passionate people but I'm always surprised about people's stories once they've completed their final exams, what they've gone on to do, what that's unlocked for them in their wider career. So I'm going to try and tap up a few ex-students to come back and share their experiences with, with you guys and, and what they've done with their professional qualifications. We like to involve the professional bodies as well. I would like to get people from the ACCA or CMA, ICAWAAT on to bestow the, the benefits of membership. And actually, some practical things, there are lots of other perks that you get as members of those institutes, aside from just the ability to sit their exams. So I'd like to do a bit more about that. What does it mean to be a member of those professional qualifications and what benefits and perks you might be unaware of and missing out on? Um, I'd like to do one on people's personal brand. I had a coffee a couple of weeks ago with um, Catherine, who's a, a local um, recruitment consultant helping people develop their careers apply for roles and, and she was very much talking about people's personal brand your persona partly that is on a platform like LinkedIn but what else can you do to develop your own unique brand if you are putting yourself forward for promotion for further roles within the organizations that you work for so I'd like to touch on some of those what, what do you think about the, the wider career aspects topic areas we could touch on Dave I just I love hearing stories and, and I love hearing people's stories of, of kind of what they're doing, how they're doing. Um, it would be great to hear them. Um, you, do, do you realise, Ben, that, that, you know, we have a new prime minister in this country? I do. Yes. Are, are you aware that she is a she's a SEMA qualified accountant? I wasn't aware. I know that her constituency is the one that borders mine. So she's actually in Norfolk as a constituent MP. But I wasn't aware of her background with, with SEMA. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, this is from secondhand via my wife from a Wikipedia page. So it's as true as it can possibly be in this digital age. Um, but as she's local to you, Ben, I think you should probably knock on the door and ask her to pop along to the forum and have a chat about, you know, what kind of avenues SEMA and, and other professional bodies could open for you. We'll, we'll, we'll do some fact checking first, as all good journalists should do. But if, if she truly is a SEMA qualified accountant, I would love to reach out to her. Um, but I'm not promising much. I think she's got quite a bit on her plate at the moment. But um, we'll do our best to get her on before Christmas. If not, it might be one to, to push for 2023 as a, a topic. Yeah. Well, we, can, we can reach out to her office and see, see what happens. I have a feeling that there is another senior member of her cabinet who is also a qualified accountant as well. So okay. um, I, I think maybe we could... Um, you know, reach out to, to one of the other ministers. Final area, and actually one we are... Actually, ben, before you go, there's actually a really good comment here that I, that, that one of our, our live studio audience has just commented, that, that they'd like to hear um, something about um, 
career options for mature students, so people that are changing careers midway through. Um, and, and I think that'd be really interesting to hear as well, because that there are a lot, I, I come across quite a few students who have ha already had a career in a certain area, but have decided at some point in their lives to make a change. So there's, there's actually a student that I'm, I was teaching for a while ago who um, had practiced as a lawyer before realizing that the legal profession was not for them. And they've actually decided to retrain and they're retraining in your favorite discipline in audit then. Fantastic. Well, that's, that's a perfect choice, I have to say. Very, very sensible. Whoever advised them on that was, was obviously very knowledgeable. Um, we love a true story. We love a career story. And any age, any background, I think it's fantastic to, to see the inclusive world that accountancy is. Um, someone who's been a regular joiner of these sessions, and I'm sure he won't mind me name checking him on a live episode of the podcast, Noah. But I'm, I was delighted to see we've, we've got a blog up. I've just put a link to it in the, the, the live chat box for students tonight on Noah's journey through ACCA. So if you would like us to run a feature on you, if you would like us to explore your background story and your route through the qualification, I would love to. And as Dave says, we'll do our best to get as many different voices on as possible to share with you their journeys. Yeah, there's a brilliant video that I, I did with Noah on our YouTube channel that's, that's well worth watching, but I, I think we should try and campaign. I, I think that Liz Trust probably number two. Let's get Noah on as our number one target for someone to interview this term. I will do my best to make that happen. And, and knowing Noah, he would jump at the chance, I'm sure, to come on and spend an hour with us chatting through his journey through ACCA. Um, yet final avenue that we explore on the podcast, and we're open to broader ideas as well, is well-being. And actually something that me and Dave are very passionate about and really was at the, the forefront of this forum being set up. This forum was born out of the COVID pandemic when people were at home, people were isolated, people were unwell with COVID. But more so in our student population, they were unwell with their own mental well-being during those lockdown days. So well-being is always featured on the student forum and I would like it to continue to feature as regular themes. We've got a back catalogue of episodes you can go and explore, but some of the things I would like to maybe look at in episodes this side of, of the new year. Um, cybersecurity, keeping yourself safe online. We've talked about that, but I think it's, it's always an agenda point and something that is continuing needing to be instilled in people. Um, sexual harassment, Something I am particularly passionate about is the ability to spot it, the ability to call it out, having a forum to talk about those kind of slightly awkward issues sometimes. And I think it, it's our responsibility as educators, as tuition providers, to give you the opportunity to discuss those issues, to be able to identify them and explore what you would do with the kind of situation that you might find yourself in. Something I work particularly closely with in my role as a safeguarding lead is anti-terrorism and the prevent agenda that the government have got across education and other settings and really giving a, an awareness of action counters terrorism. So what we can all do in our role as good community citizens to identify any potential issues we might face there. Dave, I know you are equally passionate about well-being. What's your view about the role the podcast and the forum can play in people's yeah, there's, there's been some really powerful discussions that, that I think we've had. There have been some, you know, some moments that have really floored me. There, there have also been some kind of moments that have surprised me in, in, in helping me to understand a little bit about how I feel and how I think about things. So um, for, for me, it's, you know, uh, some of these, some of the topics we've covered have been quite cathartic. Um, one of the things that I, I was, I was going to add that I, I'm, you know, keen to talk about at some point is that I actually have a training session this Friday that I, I don't know if you're, you're actually coming along to it or not, Ben, but I'm doing a training session on um, panic and anxiety attacks. So um, kind of understanding what they actually are, understanding what they might feel like, and then looking at strategies to help you um, kind of process and deal with, deal with those kind of situations and knowing what triggers you and things like that. And it's something that I've noticed that we have, I've seen more students suffer with those issues um, since we've been welcoming them into our centre more to take exams. 
uh, and it is something that can be you know really debilitating when you are taking an exam if you do have any of those things so um it, it's um a topic I'm, I'm eager to learn about this week and what, what i always try and do whenever i am involved in a, a seminar or a teaching session is if i've really enjoyed it and i think the speaker's good i tend to have a word with them afterwards and say um how do you fancy joining us on the podcast and we've had a couple of guests that have come along there. So what, what I'll, I'll do next week is I'll try and, uh, and find out what I can um, and see if we can get a guest. Can't promise it'll be next week, but hopefully in the next few weeks, because it, it's something that I say, I'm, the more I can do to shine a light on these issues so that you know, the, the people that suffer from these kind of issues can, can see that they're not alone and can hopefully help them deal with things. But also it's from everyone else's point of view. So, so Ben, if you see someone that is suffering from symptoms of a panic attack, you're more educated as to what's actually going on and, you know, can help them in a more practical way than maybe you could have done previously. So, yeah, looking forward to that and lots of things like that. I, I'm sure as I as I read more and at this time of year, as I run more and I, I listen to more audio books, I'm, I'm going to come up with lots and lots of things where I'll be trying to tap up other guests to join us on the show. So lots of things in that area that I'd be very keen to bring. As tends to happen on these student forums, I've just looked at the time and it is nearly seven o'clock. Me and Dave have got a bit of a rule. We've occasionally slipped past seven, but we try not to because we appreciate people are busy. Um, we've got our own families that we now need to go and see. My, my children have returned from school while we've been on, on air this evening. So I'm desperate to go and find out if they've made the hockey team this season at school, which I think has been announced today. So that will be big news. But we know you guys have got other stuff going on in your own lives as well. So we, we don't like to keep you beyond seven o'clock. Thank you so much for joining. Live students particularly, I was delighted. I know the first one back is usually a bit sporadic with turnout, but thank you for coming. Thank you for giving up an hour of your time to come and listen to me and Dave. I hope you've heard things that you think are going to be interesting, that are going to be beneficial this term going forward in further sessions. Look forward to seeing you. If you can make next week, brilliant. If you can't, we'll see you at another session. We will be here now every Wednesday at six o'clock delivering the topic of the week. Regular podcast listeners, thank you. New podcast listeners, thank you equally for downloading, taking the time. Please continue to share the podcast with other people. If you've got friends, if you've got colleagues that are also studying or you think a particular episode or topic is going to be relevant for them, don't have to be a student. You don't have to even be an accountant to listen to the FI podcast. We cover subject matter that can be very beneficial to lots of people. So please share. And we look forward to seeing you and speaking to you on our next episode. Good evening, everybody. Thank you very much. Bye.